0: Good evening, I'm Zach Callens with your KSLM Sports Update. ACGC charged through the Tri-Center Invitational last Saturday with three top three finishers on the night. Teagan Slayball was one of those top wrestlers as he finished in first place in Class 120, beating Eli Bercara of Missouri Valley. Head coach Lane Rummelhart was proud of Slayball for finishing in first place, but was frustrated alongside his athlete for the match. Finishing in an 11-8 decision.
1: Tegan and I both were a little disappointed, actually, in that match. We had beaten that guy better than that the last time we wrestled him last year. Uh, There's a lot of history there with Eli Bassieri. He's a great competitor. He beat Tegan in the semifinals his sophomore year at state and went on to win the state championship that year. And Since that match, we're 2-1 against him. and We had a better lead built up, kind of did something silly at the end, and he gave up some points that he shouldn't have. But overall, uh, it's always great to beat a, a really good wrestler like that to finish your day.
0: Another wrestler who finished in the top three was Peyton Jacoby in the heavyweight match. He went on to face Nottoway Valley's Trenton Warner, one of the top heavyweights in the state, alongside Jacoby. While Warner may have taken first place, Jacoby finished in second. And learn from his mistakes in the last match.
1: Yeah. Um, another one there where I think career wise, those guys are like four and four or five and five against each other. They just go back and forth all the time. Great battles. Uh, I'll say the same about Trenton. He's a great competitor and we look forward to that matchup. Every time it happens, could should probably happen a couple more times this year at John Jay in our home tournament, so hopefully we'll get to see a couple more matches between those two. But uh, yeah, Trenton got the best of us there. Payne took a little sloppy shot over time, and Trenton being the good wrestler he was, finished on top. So
0: There are always more steps on a ladder, as ACGC features a few wrestlers on different steps of the ladder this season. Coach Romhart knows that he has a few different improvements for specific wrestlers, with just a few minor tweaks to help them at the end of January head into wrestling in February.
1: Yeah, I just want to see him a little better than we are now. I tell the guys all the time we talk about climbing the ladder on our squad and where are you at in the ladder what's the next rung for you to climb and how do we get there? What positions do you need to improve? It's different for everybody. Um, As coaches, we're trying to break each guy down right now into, you know, okay, here's what we're seeing on film. Here's where where we're giving up the most points. How do we fix those little things before the end of season? We're not trying to change anybody. We're not trying to make huge adjustments, just little tweaks, just to make the yeah, much bigger of a difference um, between january and
0: february when it comes to preparation this week acgc has had two days off due to weather conditions rather than sit inside coach roma informed a few of his wrestlers that he'd like some of them to take a shovel and help clear out some snow to get his chargers a good workout from this point on it's all about just focusing on the next competition when they take on three very talented teams
1: well part of the preparing is just making sure kids can still figure out ways to to keep their weights down and get workouts in. I, I had a bunch of guys today I sent to go scoop snow since we have no school activities, you know. There's just little things like that we do, you know. You just focus on the next uh, the next competition, which is I believe Tri-Center Riverside and Woodbine on Thursday. So Riverside's a ranked team. We're looking forward to that competition and we don't overlook the other teams either.
0: ACGC returns to action this Thursday, January 11th, when they take on Woodbine, Tri Center, and Riverside at Tri Center High School. The first match is set to begin at 5:30 p.m. With a successful 10-1 record this season, the Nodaway Valley Girls have continued to push to compete against any team in the state of Iowa. The Wolverines have not only been working hard in the weight room and out in the practice floor, but also in the classroom. Head coach Brian Eisbach is more than fortunate to coach such a successful group of girls this season.
2: As a coach, very fortunate we've had, you know, we've had really good players, really good athletes over the years. And uh, I think the success has built excitement for the summer when we, you know, kids have way more things to do as kids nowadays than, than when I was a kid. And so getting these kids to share their time and talent with us throughout the years imperative to the success of our program and other programs so we've been fortunate just to have good kids and and supportive families and they push each other you know in the weight room they push each other in other sports and then fortunately for us they have for the most part enjoyed competing for each other for our basketball program
0: you cannot talk about notaway valley basketball without lindsay davis the leading score for the wolverines averaging 25.4 points per game not only does she lead in scoring but in field goal percentage at 47.7 percent as one of the top shooters in the region.
2: She's been huge for us down the stretch. I mean, she had some big buckets, you know, going back to uh, to the Kemper game before break. And, and during van meters, uh, you know, we had some shaky moments at different times with foul trouble and personnel being off the floor that's normally in and uh she stepped up and had some big shots but you know she'd be the first to tell you she can't do it on her own and we've had you know our second leading scorer each night has been different players several times we've had i think wayne we had four or five kids each double figure so i mean it's it's one of those things where she is um very impactful um but also frees up a lot of her teammates because of the attention that she gets
0: Another top talent for Nottaway Valley is Izzy Icebach, as she currently sits behind Lindsey Davis in scoring at 18.2 points per game and behind Annika Nelson in rebounds, as Icebach averages 5.9 rebounds per game. While being a vocal leader this season, the sophomore has not only helped out on the stat sheet, but with the team as a whole.
2: When she plays with joy, I think she's... um... much better player and and typically she's been doing that um you know she's she's her biggest critic obviously you know it's not always easy having your dad be your coach and we butt heads but she she's she's a leader as a sophomore. Um, she's kind of an emotional leader for our kids. They kind of feed off of her as being our hype girl. And she has had some very big performances. She leads us in, in assists. She's our second leading scorer. She's up there, I think second or third, maybe in rebounds, but you know, she, just like Lindsay would say that she can't do anything without her teammates. And we've had solid performances night in and night out from Georgia and Annika and, and Bella. And then of course the juniors that we bring in off the bench. So it's, it's a team game and we win as a team, loses as a team. And just very excited to see the uh, girls kind of come together and put it together.
0: Notaway Valley will return to the hardwood on Thursday, January 11th, when they battle an undefeated Panorama Panthers team. Panorama leads a series 10-2 and two overall, but Notaway Valley has split the series 2-2 two two in the last four games. These teams match up evenly when it comes to stats, as both teams are even when it comes to field goal percentage, assists, and points per game. Where it separates is the defensive panorama, as they're allowing opponents to score just 27 points per game, when the Wolverines averages under 43 points scored by opponents this season.
2: They've been a thrown on our side forever. Um, it's always been a tough matchup for us, whether it's psychologically or just talent-wise. They've they've always had a lot of talent, and they're they're a really really good team. Coach Sivage and I feel like we are as good, if not better, if we do us and play up to our capabilities. And and that's the thing. We're just going to have to tell our girls, you know, just come out and, and play your game to the best of your ability. What happens will happen. But it's interesting. The last four years, um, we've had some success against them uh, more so than we have you know years uh, five and back. But it, the interesting thing for us is i think in the last four meetings they've outscored us like 216 to 197 but we've had 35 more turnovers um so we have to play discipline we have to take care of the ball and you know if we can do those things we feel like uh, we feel like we can play with anybody
0: the wolverines take on panorama this thursday january 11th at home with the opening tip off at 6 p.m And switching from girls' basketball to high school boys' basketball, let's take a look at the IHSAA Boys' Basketball Week 2 rankings. Regional area teams include Earlham and ACGC in Class 1A, in 4th and 5th, respectively, while Kemper Catholic sits in 5th, followed by Trainer in 8th, in Class 2A. You can check out all the rankings run on our website at westerniowatoday.com. And in collegiate news, while being named the Big Ten Player of the Week to earn her 24th Big Ten honor, breaking former Hawkeye Megan Gustafson's record, Caitlin Clark adds three other awards to her resume. Clark was named as the Naismith Player of the Week, AP Player of the Week, and USBWA Player of the Week for excellent performances against Michigan State and Rutgers. Just this season alone, Clark has taken 34% of the Hawkeyes' shots, scored 501 of their 1,450 points, and is currently shooting 48.5% from the hardwood. Clark has also been averaging 31.3 points, 7.1 rebounds, and 7.6 assists per game this season, ranking among the highest in the three categories combined. The senior also sits in first, for three-point shots and buckets this season, and has made over half the Hawkeyes' three-pointers. Clark and the Hawkeyes return to action on Wednesday, January 10th, when they take on Purdue in the Hoosier State. Wednesday's tip-off is set for 7 p.m. in Mackey Arena. And in the Husker State, former Nebraska Husker head coach Frank Solich will be honored as he is nominated into the College Football Hall of Fame. There are a total of 19 players and three coaches that will be inducted into the Hall of Fame come December. Solich is just the 7th Husker coach to be inducted into the Hall of Fame as Nebraska features 27 other people that are currently in the Hall. He led the Huskers to a 40-19 record in 6 seasons at the helm from 1998 to 2003. Not only was he the head coach of the Huskers, but he also wore the red and white as he played as a fullback in 1962 for Bob Devaney. Head coach Matt Rules spoke about the incoming Hall of Famer saying, quote, Solich is someone who I've always respected and looked up to, and he has been so kind and supportive of us since we have been here at Nebraska, and I can't thank him enough, end quote. The Hall of Fame class will be inducted on December 10th, 2024. And looking at some of the upcoming college basketball games tonight, the number two Houston Cougars will be taking on the Iowa State Cyclones at 6 p.m., Houston is currently 14-0 on the season. And the number one Purdue Boilermakers are traveling to Lincoln tonight to take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers for an opening tip-off at 8 p.m. For news, sports, and more, check out our website at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Zach Collins with this Sports Update.